Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and presenter. Today we have with us Jordan, and he is going to be, he and I are going to be chatting about sort of student employment, those little jobs that teachers have for kids in the regular classroom. We could do those same kind of ideas, retheme them a little bit, and put it into our gamified classroom. So that's going to be our topic, kind of the student employment in the game. Uh, this is episode 104. That is two solid years, 52 weeks times two of Well Played coming at you. I really appreciate everybody that's been along for the ride. Thank you very much. Uh, but before we sort of dive into this, Jordan, could you please introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I'm a junior high social studies teacher in Glen Mary School, which is located five hours north of Edmonton in Alberta, Canada. So we're starting to get some spring. Yeah, things are melting. It's it's looking nice. It was awesome outside yesterday when we went and searched for the ice throne. So yeah, dang. This first year in gamification, and I've loved it. It's been so much fun. I know. Want to thank you for helping me out a lot of the way, and and even Scott Hebert. He's been kind of my like go-to guy that I've been chatting with on a weekly basis nice nice i love the community of educators around gamification and whether you're veteran or super fresh it doesn't matter like everybody seems to be really giving in this community and i think it's so wonderful so uh that's a great shout out too for for all sorts of people out there so all right like jordan let's dive into this uh i sort of teed it up a little bit right that we we all kind of know about those teacher jobs that we sometimes give students uh especially in like elementary and middle school years i think that's a big thing i don't know in high school how much they do that but uh definitely i can tell you in middle school and elementary we kind of have those class jobs uh and and i would almost argue a lot of teachers that's that's almost beginning gamification if you have those jobs because a lot of times you've named them you don't just say like i have a worker one worker two worker three you say like you know i need a line leader and i need uh you know like somebody that's gonna tidy up this area or whatever and you give dust it a name Dustbuster, right i love it <laughs> and that's kind of like the things we talk about in gamification that it's it's like you give it a theme you give it a name right it, it there's an empowerment to that name uh and then obviously like there's responsibility that comes with that. So I sometimes like to ease teachers in and kind of say, if you've done class jobs, that's already gamification. <laughs> like uh, you can kind of like obviously expand it from there. Uh, but in the gamified class, we actually have lots of other possibilities if we wanted to sort of employ our students into the game. And, and this would come with, I think, a lot of perks to the game too because now your students are helping craft it or maintain the game and there's just a greater sense of ownership uh so do you have some students involved in your in your game i do i have actually lots of students involved in my game they i have people that well i have a i have actually a a uh, application that they have to apply for jobs and i have a listing of certain jobs but then I also have a spot on there that says if you have your own type of job that you'd like to make up of, then they give their descriptors and then we go from there and we set up an interview and we treat it like a real thing. So this is them learning how to, you know, how, have an interview because some of them, these junior high students may not have had interviews before. And so from there, 
we kind of set up a lunch lunch meeting. We set up. We we talk about the application, what experience they have, and hire them if they're qualified. Well, so I love this like idea because you you've brought in that real world element, which I also say gamification could do really well because when you've created this theme or in this world, now you need this like accountant or you need this shopkeeper or whatever. And, and there's sort of a real life twist to that. And, and I love that you even made it one step further and had that sort of job application part and, and even interview kind of one step. I, I have some class jobs and they have to definitely do sort of a, like a written component to sort of show me like how, what their talents are, show me how committed they are too, because in sixth grade, like most of the kids want to help their teacher. So like if I just said who wants to help me, like they don't, I mean, I shouldn't say they all, but many of them would raise their hand and be okay with it. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're actually committed to the job. They're more committed to who you are than right. the job. So I'd like to have a little bit of a speed bump and put that sort of application process where they have to answer a few questions, write a few things. And that right there sort of shows some sort of level of excitement to do the job. Uh, but I've never done the interview. That was it's it's a lot of fun. That's good. It's a nice twist. So I like right straight away. People are going to ask like, what kind of jobs do you have that that are new to your classroom because of gamification? So not not the little cleaner up of this area, not the line leader, not the chalkboard like eraser or whatever. Like, what's a job that I, is new because of game? Um. Well. There's a couple jobs that have come because of the game and they're just in, in need of stuff. Like I know I have a shopkeeper, so that person maintains my shop because I sell some of my card items and rewards. So that's one thing that they that I have someone apply for and they actually run the shop. They take in the money, sell the cards, sell the items. I have a card designer. That was a student-created job. He's like... I've got some great ideas for for cards. So he makes the cards and then he shows me them and if I like them I buy them on a card by card basis off of him. Awesome. What's uh you have any other jobs? Yep, I have I have a bounty hunter. Right. So this oh. is like for when I have some students that have like they have to come into the dojo or into my barracks cuz I call it different for different games. Um, this is where like they come in. It's like often like the class detention, you know, like you have homework that is missing. You got to come in. So we, we write it up in the, so for my, my Japan game right now, I call it the dojo. So they have to come in for extra training. So my bounty hunter will go and find these kids because, you know, often they'll forget and, or they don't want to come in. And so he'll go out and find these kids for me and I reward them on based on whether he's able to track them down and bring them into the dojo to do some work <laughs> i love it i love it and any other ones i'm just sort of jotting down a list here that was a student that was a student job too that he made up himself it was pretty neat uh another one game designer, game designer. another kid came up with that idea so he helps build guild battles and those are our review games so he comes up with some ideas for that um I have a rental supply depot, and so someone organizes that, but that isn't an organizing job, I guess, that, you know, might be done in a normal classroom, but so she'll come in and organize 
my supplies that I rent out to students that have forgotten theirs, like a pencil or a eraser or a textbook, and they can they can rent these items for me using their game currency that they build up every day. All right. Uh, so we have shopkeeper, card designer, bounty hunter, game designer, rental supply manager. Yep. Anything else? And so she gets she even gets like a uh, a portion of the of the all the proceeds that I get from that. So she worked out a percentage wise. So all of all of my jobs are even like negotiable on price. So then so then they're doing some haggling and you know bartering and trying to figure out the best deal. Love it. Another job that I have is I have I have like just laborers, general laborers and they come in and they do, you know, maybe cutting out cards, maybe organizing some some of my areas, helping me prep some of my things together for the for the coming day or days. Nice. Uh would you say that's about it? I mean, that's a nice list. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. All right, so now I what think... I'm going to ask if we could sort of take a little deeper dive into like some of these and maybe like talk about how like it all works and flows together. So sure. kind of like doubling back. I know you gave us like a brief like description of each, but I don't know. I think I, I kind of want to see a little more about this. So starting sort of with that shopkeeper. So as a gamified teacher myself who has lots of items, this mm -hmm. is always a head scratcher. Like I, I want there to be this market and this like, free flow and, and kids could buy and sell and whatnot. But that is a like daunting task to figure out how the the freer the market is, the more open the market is, the the more demand it is on you, the game designer or the teacher, to maintain. So I want to start with this shopkeeper. Like Okay. What do they do? When does it happen? How much control do they have? Do they are they literally like how, where do you keep your currencies? Is it currency physical so that like the, the students are paying that person for the item? Is currency digital? Like, ooh, I got a thousand, thousand questions. <laughs> well, a bit of both. So I do have the game currency that I actually give out, but they can also put that in their bank account. So we have a bank account. So when, I, when the shopkeeper opens up, I have a folder and it says all of their, what they currently have in the bank. And then... Some of them won't even touch that bank account. They'll just have their currency that they're paying with for items. So that's and I give her the books. So it's like I do have it on on Google on one of my Google drives uh -huh. on one of my you know like I track it all. But I give her the paper copy so that in case something got lost, it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like and so yep. she can't like inflate her her uh, account and put herself way up there. I also pick a really trustworthy student, so I know that wouldn't happen. It's just then I'm sharing too much information, so I figured I'd print it out, and she can go from there, and and I give her freedom. Like, it's it's hard. The student that I have right now, she's been sick a lot, so she hasn't been able to open up the shop as much as maybe I'd want and hasn't been able to, like, come through with the sales that she was going to have. The job was come up with some sales like do like a whole campaign is what I was hoping to do. And so that we could sell a whole bunch of items. And that right now my store hasn't been operating as well as I was hoping it would be. All right. And so, I think it's just because she's maybe been away. So but, she actually has like a ledger and 
yep. students can either spend from the bank or spend from the and then do you update yeah like then do so you take after... that paper copy and then like in your prep period kind of fly down the line and say bobby's minus 10 this one's minus 30 yep. minus 50 yep nice yeah it doesn't take too long sometimes sometimes i'll leave it like a couple weeks and i won't update it and it's just because I, I left enough room that you could write in it right in on the on the sides and the notes and so there's enough room that she could i could leave it a couple weeks even and it's not a big deal yeah and the kids know that like the only time they can probably access that bank to spend is in the shop so like even if yep. you don't update it and they know it's slightly inaccurate it's not that yep. hard to know that they spent fifty dollars on a sword yeah all right, so that's that's cool. Uh, and then does she actually have all the items there, like to give out? So like, I buy a sword, fifty bucks. She's gonna write down minus fifty on Michael's account, and then flip through the binder the and like give give the sword. A... All right. Well, I have a I have like a display case, so I have this little cabinet, a glass cabinet that she can open up, and I actually have a lock on it, so when it's not open. She, no one can buy anything, and there's like a, a big lock actually on it, chained and everything. It looks, it looks pretty cool. Nice. And so, so she'll get the keys, open it up, have it open, and only whatever's in the case is what she can sell. I like it. And so the plan was to update that and update different things and try to put new items in. It's just been. It's been a crazy year this year for sure. <laughs> crazy. Especially since I like jumped in and like did everything all at once. So it's like new units, new way of teaching, side quests. It's been like but it's been so much fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's like some things are like starting to like slow down where it's like I'm not spending as much time on my shop where I should, but the content and the kids are having so much fun, so it's like they don't even notice because they right now they haven't been coming to the shop very often anyways. I really like that sort of reminder. I think sometimes new beginner gamified teachers feel like they have to do everything to sort of this fidelity and like guess why that would be perfect. There's a lot of spinning plates in a fully functioning gamified class if you like take it to that level. If you're going to have items and currencies and <clears throat> shops like that's a lot of spinning plates. And you'd be surprised, you'd be amazed, teachers, at how much the kids, like, forgive that leg. They recognize that you're the only person that can really, like, manage all of this. And they, and they know, and then that's fine. And by and large, most of them are okay with that, especially given, like, the rich system you're, you're developing for them. So that, that's a good reminder there. I wanted to open up a marketplace as well. And so that I just sell, like, food items, and this can help their HP. So little food items and that just hasn't come into play yet. Like we haven't just, I haven't just got it going, but that's my next thing to do with my shop and maybe do, do some more sales for my Renaissance unit. We had a big sale on 50% off all weapons because that we were going to war in our Renaissance unit. So I went all my, all my weapons were 50% off and I sold out. I, like the grade eights, they came in, they bought like everything. They pretty much drained their accounts just to have all the weapons for the for the war. It was it was so much fun. So I need to do more item more sales to get them excited, I think. Well, I think I also, that would be the I also think there's a good reminder for teachers that like sometimes theming out like a situation in your classroom 
compared to some of the items you have. So like here you have some weapons and you sort of themed it out that we're having this great battle or whatever. We got to prepare for it just like the real world. Like if something's coming, right? A hurricane's coming or whatever. And you see people go to the grocery store and stock up on all sorts of food or whatever. Uh, similarly, like you gave them that kind of context and as such, then the market became or the shop became pretty lively. Lots of fury of activity or flurry of activity of people buying these cards and whatnot for that upcoming like battle or event. That's really that's a good way to like infuse some excitement too, and oh, for sure. and sort of like twist the traditional. Like so, that battle it, it was basically a, a review day, but you've now made it like this sort of fun event that's coming. And are you prepared? And do you have like the right equipment for that battle? Because uh, we don't know exactly what's going to be thrown at us. That's that's exciting. We did even propaganda posters, and I put them up all around the school. War is coming, and like only my classes knew what was going on. Nice. But it was like I put them everywhere, all down the halls, and then it, then there was like the sale prices, fifty percent off all weapons, and so like other people were talking about the game, which was pretty cool. I and love asking it. Questions. I love it. Uh, so, okay, like looking at some of the other guys that you've sort of listed here that I kind of want to talk about. Card designer, like this person literally legitimately like designs it all, like the graphics in. Uh, that I can I can see. I, my kids are techie. They love that kind of stuff. The, the question I want to toss at you, uh, over the years, my students have loved to sort of come up with ideas. And I, I'm curious if that happens the same way for you. My students come up with like a cool name for an item or a cool yep. like like we need a crossbow or we need like a whatever like legendary shield or something and i'm like that sounds awesome but my question to you is what does it do you know like i we can generate as many pictures of cool shields and come up with all sorts of cool names like but what does it do in the game that isn't going to like slow the game down too much that's going to be manageable understandable and fair you know to everyone else like you can't all of a sudden have the shield be awesome so that's my first question to you like with the game or the the card designer are they also designing that function as well to the item they're they're the, the they're doing it all actually so like they'll come up with the idea they'll get the the graphic they'll get the card the information about the card but then there's some back and forth between me and the card designer whether on if it's too powerful or if they need to if i like suggestions on maybe some logistics of the actual card so i've been off for a little bit and so this is the one student we've been emailing back and forth between our the one card that we're looking to create like i gave him a task i said okay i want a card that can do maybe a mounted attack so we can get from one province to another province quicker. And so I gave him the idea. I sent him a, I had a good picture already. And then he bounced back some ideas back and forth, three or four emails about like, Oh, what about this? Okay, let's try this. Oh, let's add this in. So it was, it's pretty cool. So we're having like total buy-in by the kids. I love it. That's awesome. And that's really cool that they're thinking through that. Some of my students have gone to that level too where they're starting to understand the backside of designing a game and that like it has to be balanced. It has to make sense, right? Uh, so that's really cool that your kids are sort of tackling that and feeling that enthusiasm to be part of that game design. Uh, all right, so looking at another one of your 
jobs here that I want in greater detail. This bounty hunter that you talked about, right? So like kind of this wrangler of students that they, they can get them into you. Uh, how did you strike an appropriate balance for that? You know, like I could see that being the cutest, funnest thing, but I could also see it quickly turning into, you know, a kid literally wrangling another kid <laughs> into your classroom. What do you, what do you mean? Like just how did it come about? Yeah. Like, like, well, and how do you, how does it work on that okay. sort of day to day basis? Okay. Well, I have a list on my board. Uh, of name of students that are in that need to, that are required to come into the dojo or my barracks. So those are my two different cl- games for my grade sevens. They have to come into the barracks because like that's a. It doesn't sound as intimidating to have to come into. Whoa. <laughs> it doesn't sound as bad to have to come into when because before I used to call it the dungeon and it sounded really negative. Yeah. And I was like, one of the kids is like. And it was like one of the kids that was always in the dungeon. He goes, what if we named it something else? And I'm like, well, Japan's coming up next. And he goes, well, why don't we call it the dojo? I'm like, that's a great idea. So I used his idea and I made it. And so that's how that came up. And so I write all the students' names that are missing assignments or missing their quests. And so this, the one student's like, man, there's a lot of list, a lot of people on the list there, Mr. Lachlan. And but there's nobody in here at lunch. He goes, do you want me to go find them? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and so I'm like, he's like, well, he's like, what are you going to give me if I find these students? I'm like, I don't know. Let's, let's work out a deal. So it it just came up in conversation of like, that's the best, a new job that needed to be done. That's the best. I love it. That's really cool. Uh, all right. So then the other one here is game designer. Like, oof, what a, what a title here. Uh, and that you told us in our in your brief explanation that this person literally helped you build those guild battles uh, and, and boss battle situations. Uh, you know, shed a little more light on that. Well, more, more like uh, our review type games. So like when we do a, our guild battle, we have like little mini games that they play after they've answered a question. So the one I often use is like uh, Tumbling Tower, which is the Jenga. They pull a brick, and if they place it on top, they get the points. Well, sometimes on the back side of the bricks, there's I write different little things like uh, new arms, or they have to do the next one blindfolded, pull the next brick. So I had a student come up with some other ideas that can maybe help with those little mini games that we do in our review days. He's been either helping me organize it, whether he's been just putting labels on the different items so it's all ready to go, that kind of thing right now. he's He is one of my students that is like uh, a lower level, but he wants to be involved in the game. And like, so I've been giving him tasks and giving him little things to, that he can do to be a part of the game. Awesome. I kind of dig that. That's really neat. Well, um, I want to make sure we get to these others and we're on the back part of this uh, episode. So uh, I don't want to leave any of these out. So then you had the rental supply manager. Uh, This one, I think we sort of understand that as middle school teachers, our kids forget a lot of stuff. That's like, that's like a daily, like you came to the test day without anything to write with like that. That went through your head as an okay thing to do. So, uh, I'm picturing, 
you know, you have some things that kids can kind of rent from you, a little pencil this, a little calculator that, whatever the case may be. Uh, yep. but, but there's like a, a, a student in the room that they would then consult with, like, so it doesn't involve you. Is that like the, the thinking there? That would be nice. I never thought of <laughs> I never even thought of that. So I should I actually need to have one per class. That would be excellent. So yeah. I should get one for each of my classes and even even having one per class for a shopkeeper. That would be awesome. But for as the supply depot goes, she comes in sometimes during lunch and will organize the supplies and you know straighten them out. Because sometimes kids just throw pencils back in there and it's like a total mess. So she'll come in and she'll uh, organize it all up, lay it all nice and neat. And then she worked in where she she wanted to get a percentage of the profits from the rentals. <laughs> nice. As, like, as well as a weekly wage if she's doing her job. So I said, you only get it if you're actually coming in to do your job. So she has to come in on her own time or if if she actually finishes her working class i don't mind but more so own time comes in organizes it because i have a big cupboard of all my supplies that would be paper textbooks pencils pens pretty much anything you could that a student could need or or forget <laughs> is it. in there and so i have a list of prices of how much it is for to rent and how much it is to uh, purchase the item Nice. And I and I got that all from Scott as well. <laughs> so that's I mean that's really cool. I dig, I dig these like concrete sort of examples that I think people can sort of take. The last one you discussed was laborers. Uh just general laborers. Well, I think that's an awesome concept and one that I'm definitely going to steal here. Just this general laborer uh because at least in a history class I also I have tons of things that they need to like cut out for little simulations or even just my gamified class itself. I mean like all my items are printed so there's a ton of cutting that needs to happen well, with that. There's been so much cutting to do. I've had my EAs cutting them out. I've been I've been having other other teachers help cut out stuff. So like now that the students are involved and they they're taking ownership and they want they're trying to get the game currency, so they'll be like They'll be coming in right as soon as the lunch bell goes and goes, Mr. Lachlan, do you have anything that you need to cut out today? Do you have anything you need me to do? Can I help out? And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. I had, so the closest thing I have on your list here is is the general laborer. I have, uh, and I just call it King's Favor. And okay. They, can, they have to apply for King's Favor. And if they get on the list, they're kind of like your general laborers. Like it's these kids that the king's going to rely on to keep the kingdom sort of flowing and running. And that could be organizing something, cutting something, printing something. Like do, just doing those low-hanging fruit tasks that you can kind of put off to somebody. Like I could cut this, or you could cut it. I'm the only one that can like update the leaderboard. So if you're cutting that, I can do something you can't for the game and it really maximizes time. But I like this idea of these other jobs and, and sort of the specificity of them. Uh, but the general labor, I, I, I dig that sort of that title. Uh, and I think I may next year switch to that language because really like you don't have to apply to be able to like cut something out. Like, no, and I like, don't have to apply for that one. Exactly. So I have, whoever comes in, and they're asking, oh, can I help out? And uh, I'll let them do this. So like a general laborer, it can be anyone in my class. 
Yeah, so I like that. I think I'm going to switch to that. And then my idea of like King's Favor, these are people that are like in the closer circles, like maybe having switched to some of these other jobs for that. I dig it. But I just I, thought of another one. Oh, what do you got? Tax collector. Ooh. That is not a not a happy happy guy to add. <laughs> Although I know I often go collect taxes. So if someone like, you know, just to like mess with the game, like uh, I was trying to incite a revolution in it for the Renaissance. So I was trying to get them angry in the class to like go against me. So I started taxing them to sharpen their pencils and different things. And actually those were kid kid ideas. They came up, oh, you should tax us for this. I'm like, oh, good idea. And so <laughs> that might be cool to have like a, a tax collector in, especially in the Renaissance unit. And then they can, you know, when I when students are maybe misbehaving, they can collect taxes because then I at the end of the month, I have like a 50-50 draw. So then they can buy tickets to possibly win half of what's in there. Some of it's it's gold or the currency, and some of it's like game cards that I have to confiscate because they don't have enough currency to pay their taxes. I love it. We have to end it there, um, but before we do, we have to do a quick uh, reflection time. The quote today is uh, by Janet Daly, and I think it goes along with this like hard day's work for the students, you know, putting in this like labor for us. Uh, the quote goes, someday is not a day of the week. How does that hit you in, in light of what we're talking about? In light of what we're talking about, uh, someday, well, if it's not going to happen someday. We got to put, uh, put, got to put a time limit on it. So like, I'm going to do it this day. Because if we say someday, it's probably not going to happen. I know I've got a list of items that I want to get to someday. Well, they're not getting done anytime soon. So I need to like set like some limits or some day, some plans in when I'm going to do it this day. Same with students, like having them set some tasks. So like I think I might even now create some like a general task items where they're like, this is what needs to be done each day kind of thing, like a checklist almost thing. That might be something I want to put into the different jobs. I like it. This quote for me really like reminds me of the power of intentionality, which is one of my keynotes I give. Uh, this, this idea of like someday is such an easy sort of excuse. Someday I'm going to do this or I'll get to that next week, you know, but like if you're just, a teach more intentional you you start to maximize the potential in your life and you start to maximize the moments in your life and you get a ton more done and believe it or not it's not a, a ton more demanding on you like it's just that switch from not being intentional to being very intentional and then all your some days turn into a specific day and you do a lot of stuff well, i like that word intentional Oh, it's one of my favorites. Like I said, that's a I have a whole keynote on intentionality. It's uh it's, it really can unlock our potential. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for being with us yet again here on episode 104. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. I can't even believe we're already done. I know it just flies. It, it just goes by. Hopefully all of you guys that were listening, it flew for you and you've gotten lots of great ideas. Jordan shared some wonderful like takeaways that you could 
put in your classroom straight away. Uh, I know he's helped me out. I'm going to do some of those. I can't wait to switch to the general laborer. I think that's a cool idea. Uh, as always, everyone, check out more of my ideas on my YouTube channel or my website, uh, mrmatera.com. You could find links to all of that. Uh, everyone else, just enjoy your week and play on.